When you download, you should download. Do you queer what I queer? Come ye to live for more. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm just talking from my head voice. How are you? Good. I'm just talking from my diaphragm. Where is that? <laughs> Listen. In my penis. <clears throat> Look. Thomas. Elliot. And listeners. Welcome to. Episode 40. Oh my god of. Do you queer. What. I. Queer. <laughs> Together we are Dickwick. Oh and that's Elliot. And that's Tom. That was potentially the most cohesive and I'm probably the drunkest. Just um, kidding. Jesse. Jesse's go away. Why does he harass us all the time? <laughs> we should we should plug. You should rate, review, and subscribe yeah. to this podcast. If you feel it in you. Yeah. Um, it's uh it's um it looks it's good for us if you do that. That was the saddest plea <laughs> for anyone to do anything that I've ever heard personally. Listen, but you can I'm find not us, great today. I know Tom's not we'll get into that no. in a bit. Tom's not doing great. No, I don't want to get into it. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes um, Click those stars Give us how many ever you think we deserve Leave us a review Five Fine review. Oh five I said fine All moody uh, And then also um, Send us an email Let us know how you feel yeah. Tweet at us Instagram DM us Interact with us We just want to hear from everyone who listens You're so good at all this stuff Thank you for You say that every time Okay sorry Maybe it's time for you just to get better at it (laughs) (laughs) that's the tone for this episode folks we finally turn on each other (laughs) finally welcome to episode yeah true it's been thoroughly turning 40 um what are what are some things that you identify with the number 40 midlife crisis new things yeah being purchased in a crisis Mm -hmm. like i wish that we could buy a sports car but like that version for a podcast yeah i think uh, i think it's the the age that I am when I'm gonna die. Uh, hopefully not prophetic. Yeah. Thoroughly disturbing. Sorry. You heard it here first. <laughs> the title of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pre-order the copy right the fuck now. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for your support. Rate and review it. <laughs> Subscribe to it. <laughs> um, I'm incredibly excited for this episode. We Me have too. an amazing guest coming up. Um, but before they arrive, I think that we just have a few housekeeping things we should get through. Great idea. Do you have... Uh, <laughs> any, let's do corners. Do you have any corrections? Uh, it's like uh, not so much a correction, but I guess a correction. So I talked about the the woman who does blowjob tutorials last week. <laughs> That's your correction? <laughs> That's my correction. I want to give credit. She's fucking amazing. Cool. Her name is Auntie Angel. And if you Google Auntie Angel's blowjob technique, uh, you can find multiple videos that are phenomenal. The one that I'd suggest you finding is the one where she's speaking to a large room of people uh, with fruits and vegetables. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Auntie Angel, I love you. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Tom, do you have any corners? Um, uh, media corner, I saw a, a black Klansman. Ooh, I can't wait to see that. so good. Spike Jones, right? Yeah. Wow. It was unbelievable. What is your cat doing? Artemis is shoving her head under the couch cushions. <laughs> this is so bizarre. Oh, oh! now she's putting her whole body in. I'm sorry, Spike Jones. We're going to get back to your art form, but I need to 
What's she after? I don't know. A good time. Artemis, that was so weird. Tom, continue. Were you just Instagramming and podcasting at the same time? Correct. I'm so impressed with you. That is multitasker. Tasker. Um, Yeah, it was so well done. It was really, it was very genre bending. I didn't know what I was watching. It was funny. It was disturbing. Very sad. Um, All of those things. Oh, yikes. Um, I'm thrilled and nervous. uh, There was... A woman sitting beside me who was kept asking her date to leave because oh. she was so sort of disturbed by it. I wonder um, how often that happened in it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this movie reads in the states, to be honest, because it's pretty fucking. I'm real coming life. in cold. I I have like no context for it at all. Okay, great. So, um, uh, a black guy in fuck where was it? Somewhere in the U.S., Colorado. Okay, I think. Uh, it's a police officer, and he decides like to go uh, join the KKK undercover, mm. literally. Um, but back in the seventies, when this took place, like a lot of it was done over the phone, and so he like had the initiation. Process? Yeah, like a lot of whatever his. Uh, so he had his um, friend at the police station be uh, be him in person whenever they had their meetings holy shit it was about them sort of navigating that and the movie ends with don't spoil was that gonna be a spoiler? yeah i don't know if it's a spoiler alert like, i think i'm gonna say it anyway um because it doesn't really ruin it doesn't take anything away from the movie actually it might so fast forward 15 seconds skip ahead that 15 button if you don't want to hear this. <laughs> um but the, you watch it and you're like oh wow that was the 70s like oh wow I, I guess we've come a long way since then like those idiots back in the 70s and then they close the movie with like five minutes of basically raw footage from Charlottesville Jesus Christ and so like I left the movie a blubbering mess because like it was just so like oh god this is right now this is not like anyway that's so upsetting very powerful very powerful movie I hope it gets the accolades it deserves yeah i think it's uh true. speaking of films uh little film corner here so in toronto uh tiff has begun which is the toronto international film festival uh and i just wanted to give a little bit of a rundown so there's a now article written by chris ratton r-a-t-t-a-n it's called 10 must see queer films playing at tiff 2018 cool and the reason i plug it so That's much cool. is there's 10 of them yeah right um I think at least, but the reason I'm plugging it is because I encourage everyone to go and read the article themselves. For the sake of time, I'm just going to give a brief rundown and just read the first few little lines of them. Tom, are you ready? I am puckered. Okay, so girl is uh, where a teenage girl uh, who is assigned male at birth impatiently undergoes the process of transitioning all while enduring the rigors of becoming a ballerina. That's cool. just like the first little snippet of then there's uh, Rafiki. Kenyan director Wanuri Kahiu's latest has Shakespearean overtones in its tale of two rival politicians' daughters who fall in love at first sight. Cool. I definitely want to see that one. And then there's Boy Erased, which we've talked about. That's the conversion therapy one. Mm -hmm. In this article, it interestingly says that Chloe Grace Moritz, the star of The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which is the other conversion therapy film, has criticized Boy Erased as yet another queer film shot through the straight male gaze of its director. Um, and so I don't mean to only read the, the criticism to, to tell what it is. It's just that we've talked about it before. It's a, it's a story of someone sent to um, conversion therapy. 
just an interesting tidbit. Colette is the next one. uh, He writes, Kira Knightley didn't mince words when she told Variety that she rarely takes roles set in the modern day because, quote, the female characters nearly always get raped. So I'm paraphrasing now, but so she takes period pieces. And for this reason, she's in Colette, which is about, uh, it's a historical drama, quote, about celebrated Claudine novelist, uh, Sidonie Gabrielle Colette. Um, So it's a witty, scandalous, and exquisitely detailed look into the sexually fluid Colette's demands to receive recognition in a patriarchal French literary scene. Whoa. Uh, So then next we have Splinters which looks at, quote, what happens when prodigal children return home to their disapproving families in small town Nova Scotia. Cool. Queer protagonists. Uh, And Canadian. And Canadian. Awesome. The next one is If Beale Street Could Talk, which is a... Jessica Beale? Not Jessica Beale. Thank you. (laughs) B-E-A-L-E. Oh, I just snorted. That's awful. (laughs) You little piglet. Um, This is a film adaptation of an iconic uh, book by author James Baldwin written in 1974 and it's about a pregnant teen in harlem who fights to exonerate her falsely accused husband before she gives birth cool how's that queer hashtag queer is that what you said how is it queer um i'll keep reading this article thank you oscar-winning director barry jenkins whose incredible 2016 film moonlight treated lgbtq plus themes but was more broadly a depiction of black love in its multiple forms brings that latter sensibility to his realization of baldwin's work cool okay so it sounds like it's kind of in the conception of it Next, we have Where Hands Touch. The synopsis is, in 1944, a 15-year-old girl, daughter of a white German mother and a black African father, meets a member of the Hitler Youth. They become bound by the realization of the horrors being committed around them. Whoa. So that's Where Hands Touch. Uh, then is Can You Ever Forgive Me, which Oh, is, Melissa McCarthy's in that. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy, yeah. So... It's about a biographer who resorted to selling forged historical letters in 1980s New York after her successful writing career nosedived. She's playing Lee Israel, who is a lesbian with ties to the city's LGBTQ scene. Is, have you heard anything about it? Yeah, I have. I didn't know that. I don't think that's a queer movie. No? I just think that Melissa McCarthy plays a lesbian character, which may be like... Oh, like which, queer uh, cool, to some people? Okay, cool. Never mind. Oh, wait. No, but fair. Like, we need yeah. that kind of... Um, that questioning right uh and then finally we have the death and life of john f donovan so this is xavier dolan's first english language film um amazing queer filmmaker canadian french canadian i would suggest everyone look up his filmography and watch them all they're fucking great okay lawrence anyways is one of my favorites and also i killed my mother so this one is about the cult of celebrity with its tale of a young actor's recollections of his infamous childhood correspondence with the troubled american tv star listen everyone check out those movies go to tiff support the festival and support queer filmmakers and queer actors yeah queer artists yes i was in a movie at tiff one year what movie I'm not saying the title of it. Tell me the title. Tom, what? <laughs> no, I, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. Because not only was the movie terrible, but I was terrible in the movie. <laughs> so, moving on. Is that on your IMDb? Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, anyway. Tom. Elliot. What's your color? Um, my color is like um, like a putrid brown. Oh. Like, I was playing soccer today, and I, I'm not feeling very well today, and I was playing soccer... And I got, like, spanked in the face with all this mud. And then I was just, like, covered in mud. And there were all these mud piles. And it just, like, so well represented how I was feeling. But like, I almost you... wanted to 
like drop down and start rolling around in the muck like a filthy pig. Uh, so that sounds like you're supposed to feel sad during that, but like I know that you're probably really turned on by that. Well, right? listen to me. You know that when I feel really, really sad, it also like turns you're horny. Me on. Yeah, yeah, it's true. No, tell your say your truth. What yeah. else makes you horny? I, like, like heightened emotion of any sort is like is where my comfort zone is. I guess because you're an actor, right? Yeah. What's your color? My color is um, like a Macintosh apple. Like what? Recently ripened on a tree in Ontario. That has several colors. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what? That has several colors. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Um, and it's I'm like I'm like the color of the whole apple and the feeling that it gives you on like a crisp fall day to see like a nice like Macintosh apple. Okay, I'm sorry. You're giving me like a three dimensional concept here, and uh-huh. you just told me that I was allowed one color. No, your color can be like mul- like again multi dimensional. It's yeah, okay. You just one be special. One time, our <laughs> guest's color was diamond. So yeah, another right. one was like gray, like a bus. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. I love how bizarre this must sound right now, and it's very <laughs> queer, and I'm very happy about it. But Elliot, why don't okay. you? I did, um, I did like high school theater for a long time. That's Elliot, why don't you introduce who's sitting with us? Okay, well, this is Keith. Hi. Hi, Keith. Um, well, is it Keith? Am I allowed to call you Keith? Um, I mean, like, oh. <laughs> sometimes I feel, like, a little bit dramatic because I feel like having, like, several aliases is something that, like, only, like, a secret agent or, like, a really, like, self-involved actor would have. <laughs> um, but uh, now I'm just trans and trying to figure s- stuff out, but... Um, so people in Montreal typically know me as Nolan, people in Toronto typically know me as Keith, people on the internet typically know me as Alvar, or they don't know me at all because I choose, like, incomprehensible screen names. So, uh. yeah, so I know you through <laughs> through Toronto because we met at school, and so I know you as Keith. Yeah, because I walked up to you because I was just like, okay, great, you're gay. I have found the gay. Yeah. How did I'm you good. figure out that he was gay? I know, it's so hidden, right? It was the nails. The nails, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the penis on his arm. Okay, that was later. That's a later addition, everyone. Also, it's art. How dare you shame me? I was not shaming you. You, you took my tone. So I'm a defensive way. Macintosh apple today. Um, yeah. Well, Keith, what's your color? Um, I think my color is like like a deep burgundy, like mm. autumnal, mm. crisp, cold, rich. Ooh. Yeah. I want to change my color to that because I like it so much. It's beautiful. Does that also turn you on? Yeah. <laughs> You know Tom so well. Um, well, it's funny too that you say that because one of the first times you came up to me, I had that very color on my nails, and you'd ask me what the shade was, and that's right. how we became friends. So, oh, and I, and I was thinking about the politics for that for a long time. I even like discussed it with some of my friends who do queer theory, because I was just like, so you know, like the interaction normally of like. Like talking about one's nails normally happens between two straight girls who are complimenting mm. each other's nails, um, and then there's like an acceptable variation, which is like straight girls, go, straight girl goes to see like gay best friend, and then they talk about nails together. But there isn't really like an option for like two gay people who have different genders going up to each other and talking about nails. And I was just like, what does this mean? I love it because because <laughs> so cool. all I felt was like, oh my god, thanks for noticing there's a queer person here and now I want to be friends with you. And it was just the best possible situation. So oh, that's cute. how I'm very meet cute. It, it was very IRL meet people. cute, Aww. like class cute, meet cute. So cute, cute. So cute. Um, also Keith, this is like a heavy hitter to start off with. Is it, a, can we do this? Tom's yeah. nodding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hit me. Okay. Do you think 
that queerness can be political? And if so, how do you use your queerness for social change? Oh, um, I mean, for the former, yes, I actually believe that it should. Um, and uh, should I was, be political. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I was on the phone with my ex-girlfriend a while, like, like two weeks ago. Um, and we've known each other for a long time. We've known each other since we were 14. Um, and we had like a long relationship. It's over now. We're like still close, but whatever. Um, and, and I was talking to her and I was just like, oh, it, like, it's, it's funny that like, you know, you're all these years later, you're still friends with like this friend who like, you know, I, n- I never did meet in all the years that we were together. And she was just like, yeah, it's true. It's funny. But also I think you wouldn't like her. And I was just like, why? She was just like, oh, she's like an apolitical lesbian. And then I like was quiet for a second. I was just like, yeah, that, that would bother me. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> apolitical. Like, no. like non-political. Oh yeah, that would bother me too. Yeah. So like, um, I guess, how do you see the power in queerness, or like, where do you see the the politics lying in that as an identity? I mean, like, sometimes a lot of people like to talk about queerness as being like an outsider's perspective. I think, especially like past the new millennium, that's not necessarily true. Mm. At least. It's certainly true for, like, at least for me in many ways. It's not necessarily true for everybody. And there's also a lot of people who have felt, like, very surrounded, very included while being queer, while growing up. And there are some people who have come out much later in life and never lost their social networks when they did. Um, But, like, beyond that, I think there's something that's really precious about, I think, mostly the history that we have. I think that's mostly where I see the politics. I love that answer. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. And it's funny, too, because, like, I, um, I guess, like, adopted the identity category or felt queer before I knew that there was a history to it or anything. Right. And since researching it, I'm like, oh, no, this is, like, this is where it lies, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I feel similarly, too. So powerful. Like, when I was, when I was 10, um, so, like, right before I knew that I was gay, uh, because by age 11, I was like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> Um, at age 10, I knew about homosexuals. Um, and I knew about homosexuals because my mom is a music teacher and a lot of musicians are homosexuals. Um, and uh, I even knew about bisexuals because I asked her about like about Chopin one time. And I was just like, I like squinted my eyes and I was like, is he a homosexual? Um, and she was like, well, you know, sometimes he liked men and sometimes he liked women. And I was just like, hmm. <laughs> that sounds like something that people would do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I was thinking about homosexuals, and I was just like, you know, if you want to live like a like a drama worthy, film worthy, tragic life, that seems like an easy ticket. Um, so like maybe that would be cool, but also like one in ten people are gay, so I have like nine chances that it won't be me. And then mm. lo and behold, yeah, lo yeah. and behold, it's you. <laughs> Lo and beholds. I love that. Normally I steamroll over your puns and I'm happy. I, um, I love this idea of maybe I'm just a straight person who loves dramatics so much. That you're gay? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's a reading where you could be like, this was a totally calculated decision. That's very true. Which in some ways is super queer. And it's a very queer way of I looking at it. I love thinking about this. Right, though? Oh, yeah. I like, the, yeah, of like, oh, oh, are we in a world where straight people could possibly pretend to be queer? Or not even pretend, like, just be queer. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like... 
I feel like that's a very common sentiment, but I very, very often think, like, if I could do this over again, I would choose this for sure. Yeah. Because, um, like, like yeah. for, for a lot of reasons related to upbringing, I can't imagine myself as a straight cis man. That's just, like, not an experience that I can even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I uh, given the cultural context that I live in, I have a lot of examples of what that looks like. But obviously, <laughs> like, I don't necessarily know what it feels like. Um, but being a cis straight woman feels like I would want to tear my skin off. So, no. Mm-hmm. That's so that's so powerful too, just to know that, right? And like, I think the language of choice doesn't even have to detract from that feeling. Like to choose to be something, yeah, might go against the like born this way category, but maybe that needed to serve for a time. And I'm totally okay with queerness being a choice because I think it's such a powerful choice to make, right? I mean, I talk about this sometimes when like there's a lot of people, like especially cis gays, who feel very very critical of trans gay people because they feel like they're like straight interlopers who are, like, faking being gay by being trans. Um, so, like, that they think oh. that. That's so, like, trans gay men are actually straight girls who just really like the gay culture. Or, like, or like trans lesbians are really just, like, quote, quote, boys who just really like lesbians. I know, barf, barf, barf. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Yikes. But, like, there, there's a lot of that. Like, a lot. Um and I concentrate a lot on like like trans gay men, especially when they're like like still teenagers, so like trans gay boys. Mm. There's a lot of like criticism about the fact that it's like, oh, they just watch too much Yaoi, or they really like anime, or whatever. Um, and I'm just like, <laughs> is that a thing that you've heard? Oh yeah, Whoa. oh many many times. Yeah yeah. Whoa. Like both by like like adult lesbians and by adult gay men, there's a lot of hostility. Um, and I'm just like, okay, for one thing, like. Even if people were choosing to be gay, uh, that's great. I celebrate more gay people arriving in the world. Sure. Like, every time a gay person emerges, I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> From the rock in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like, too, like, those little, like, baby trans gay boys seem to be mostly pairing off with each other. Which, like, however you want to spin it in your, like, horrible retrograde politics is radical as fuck. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, like, also, like... Uh, I can understand how, like, to, like, Gen Z, like, the future of, like, being a heterosexual woman seems blah. Because, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, even if it was, like, a cold, calculated choice, which I really don't think it is, Mm -hmm. um, I would applaud that choice. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. Me too, I totally agree. Yeah, I'm already cis boring white boring male boring. Yeah. Imagine being straight on top of that all. I couldn't. That's just so banal. No, exactly. I would just be a piece of Wonder Bread. Yeah, what, what would I do with my desire to be special? Like, exactly. Right? <laughs> Queers need to shine, everybody, especially actors. I'm sitting with two thespians. <laughs> Is that the right way to use that word? Yeah. I, I yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, okay. can I tell you about my crowning thespian glory? Please. <laughs> okay, so at one point we were supposed to do, um, when I was about 15... Uh, we were supposed to do the uh, the Salem Witches trial play. I don't remember what it is anymore. Oh, the Crucible. Um, the Crucible. Yeah, uh, it was the French translation. Goody Proctor. Um, and uh, but like the group had too many like fights and splinter groups, and the theater teacher was just like, "Okay, no, we're not doing this anymore," um, and just like split us off into small groups to do just like one individual like short scene. Um, and I was paired off with one of the only boys. Um, and, and his name was Olivier, and he had been my nemesis since elementary school. Um, <laughs> and, um, and we had to, like, play these, like, two lovers meeting off, like, you know, like a, like, 
the pre-dating site so like meeting off like one of those little like newspaper blurbs oh uh, like um and they discover basically that they have the same extremely niche tastes but they disagree on like a small part of the niche things like they both like pickles dipped in milk but some one of them likes hot milk and one of them likes cold milk. i'm gonna actually throw that's the worst (laughs) i've ever heard (laughs) um and and you know they they fight and then in the end they're just like oh we're made for each other um and he was like probably because he was my nemesis um not super inspired to do this um and he kept like not learning his lines and by by a certain point like in april like i knew everything about this scene and he didn't and then he just fucking quit (laughs) um and i was just like look like i will not be defeated by this i'm gonna do this thing alone um and so i wore um bride's clothing on one side of my body and groom's clothing on the other side of my body amazing and i did the whole thing alone i was and looking back like i just have this like beautiful memory of me on stage doing this and i was just like gender fluid (laughs) fabulous pioneer of gender fluidity i love it oh yeah nobody had done that in 2007 yeah right ahead of the game Uh, such a powerful image too yeah similarly uh to audition to get into my theater school we had to do a play in three minutes and like you're supposed to interpret that however you want mm-hmm. and so my interpretation was to do both the male and female main characters mm-hmm. and so i did them both and it was really fun too what was the play you do? um it's my favorite play of all time it's called the anger and ernest and ernestine mm. uh, it's by Don't leah cherniak who was a prof of mine who i didn't know so like it was ridiculous that i was auditioning with her play and I didn't realize it. Oh, my God. Did she stand and up then, and, like, say something after? No. And then, like, when I, she was finally my teacher, I was like, oh, by the way, like, I'm obsessed with you. Like, how do you, f- like, fangirl for a professor? I know that's so lame of me. No, I've done oh, I've done lot. that so many okay, times. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It happens. Um, I, I was in a musical when I was young. Um, what's the Ooh. Shoeless Joe? Is that what it's called? Uh, no, I've never heard of this. Um, Shoeless Joe? Shoeless Joe from It's Hannibal. a restaurant? Yeah, I oh. think it's based on the like, classic play of, I was in it, I don't remember, some baseball dude who like meets the devil and it's a woman, I think, who like seduces him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to fact check this. It but sounds like you're making this. I'm fully <laughs> not making it up, but I was just like cute chorus in the back and I didn't even know how to dance and I did all the dance moves backwards. So like, oh, that's really cute. I'm such a thespian. Oh, is that how you met Vigo? No, that's not how I met Vigo. That was pre-Vigo years. Oh. Um, I want to I want to address something. So I know Keith through school, and I only kind of heard about your life through spits and spats, kind of. Um, are you comfortable with, like, talking about your, your upbringing? Okay, so I want to clarify this for everybody listening. Yeah. Um, when somebody says that they're a Mennonite, there are a lot of Mennonites in Canada. There are a lot of Mennonites in Central Canada. There are a lot of Mennonites in Ontario. Um, if there are any Mennonites listening, which I'm sure there are, mm-hmm. hi. Um, Amazing. Hi, Mennonites. Hi, Mennonites. How are you doing? We've never um, said hi before. No, for like for real, like. I, you know the like gay game like finding like how many degrees of separation you have with another gay person you can do that with Mennonites and you can do that doubly with gay Mennonites wow um, <laughs> wait uh, Elia what were you picturing like um, Amish or something yeah, yeah I mean like so there are old order Mennonites who do live a lot like what people imagine the Amish live like so like without technology and like very like austere 16th century clothing like stuff like that yes and they, they do live in like mostly Manitoba um, oh really 
and Saskatchewan. Yeah, oh. don't don't fact check me in this, but yes, mostly in central Canada. All right, okay. Um, but the vast majority of Mennonites lead like ordinary secular lives. So what what does it entail? This also I need to backtrack. It sounds bizarre that I just like said tell me about your upbringing and you're like listen. It's because that was directly what I was addressing because I I'd, I'd heard you mention it in class once and I fully pictured everything you just said stereotypically of me. Um, but what what is the different order? Like, uh, is it a faith or a way of living or like what constitutes being a Mennonite? Um, I mean, so like Mennonites, uh, oh God, I'm like certain that there's going to be a Mennonite who's going to listen to this and is going to like fact check the butt out of this. We welcome, that's fine. Uh, it's nothing yeah, against you. We're all but learning like, together. Yeah. But basically like the Mennonites uh, were like a 16th century Protestant sect in Eastern Europe, I think in Germany, and then they moved to Russia and they kept ge- they kept getting kicked out of like various countries um, because they don't agree with violence, mm. Um, mm. and so they refuse to be constricted in armies or recognize a state. Um, so basically, they're like Christian anarchists, which I think is really cool. That is really um, cool. <laughs> fucking queer. And uh, yes, um, <laughs> and then they did a really colonialist thing, which is when Canada offered up quote quote offered up its right. quote quote lands yeah. um, to immigrants from Europe once they had kicked out First Nations people from those lands mm. um, for free a ton of Mennonites came over um, mm. I'm not a descendant of those Mennonites uh, my dad is actually from a fundamentalist Christian family and converted to becoming a Mennonite because it's actually way chiller <laughs> whoa that's so cool um, because like Mennonites are encouraged to like question their faith and like think critically about their yeah. faith whereas for like um, evangelical Christians particularly the sect that my father was part of which is called the Plymouth Brethren mm. they're encouraged to <laughs> like not question their faith and if you do it's like literally physically the devil coming into your mind and telling you those things whoa um, that's some so, fear like, tactics right there like I've spoken to a lot of other like gay Christians and gay ex-Christians which is like you know, it's weird to, like, accept this is my community, I guess. Um, and, like, Plymouth Brethren actually really do have a reputation. Like, my father, when he was a child, was told that, like, the apocalypse was so soon, he would not have the time to grow up. Holy shit. Yeah, like, the end, like, oh my God, as a really child, believe you that, would like, the end times are now. Shot. Yeah. What does that do for, like, childhood development, too? Like, right. Well, it's well I mean, ask my dad and how he raised me, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> you have, like, um, a backpack with all the essentials at all times, just in case. <laughs> um, that ham on your shirt is actually ham. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the Mennonite church that I attended in Montreal and then I grew up in is possibly on the, like, most chill end of, like, New Order Mennonite churches. Mm. It was never, like, explicitly gay-affirming the way I see a lot of churches in Toronto are. Um, it just voted to be in my absence, which I was just like, excuse me, I know that I'm an ex-Christian, but like, come on. Uh, you could have invited me back for this. You could have told me it was happening. Um, but uh, but it was kind of like the kind of vibe where like occasionally somebody came out as gay and I would not be like there to see it, but I would like somehow know about it. And mm. everybody would be like, mm, you know, uh, which is like non-judgmental, quote, quote, Christian. Mm. Right. Mm. Like acknowledged and... Yeah, um, and then our pastor quit because he was gay. <laughs> Whoa! And then we had his wife, who I mean, who like one of our two co-pastors quit because he was gay. I didn't know about this because I was like nine, um, <laughs> and uh, and then we had our like his wife be like the rest our pastor for the rest of the time, and then I like bonded with her, um, and I spent a lot of time at her house. And then my dad was just like, "So now that you're gay, um, just so you know." 
uh, this is why your other pastor quit and like Lucille is really accepting of this and like if you want to talk to her about anything you can which is one of the sweeter things my dad has done thanks dad that's so sweet <laughs> that's very sweet also it's a very different um, outlook on faith than we usually give here which is relatively myopic and probably <laughs> unresearched and uneducated but we generally position faith as like anti-queer which I know that it's not and this story is well, one of many it's so much more complicated than that yeah, yeah. absolutely and, like, like I do ha- like I feel very healthy being an ex-Christian I think it's good for me mm. um, but like I-, I still have a lot of attachment to like to the Mennonite faith um, especially because of how like how ra- deeply radical it is and how many tools it has for like forming communities that are isolated from the state and that have their own ways of functioning without violence it's amazing um, yeah like it's it's really beautiful thing i love that men are nice that is men are nice (laughs) (laughs) um and then on the flip side my mom is from a catholic background Uh, i was baptized as a catholic Mm. at the age of four which is super late um and uh but she's like a new age practitioner uh which is also something that gives me a lot of weird feelings in the gay community so i have a lot of weird feelings about faith in the gay community (laughs) (laughs) sorry for bringing it up let's get into it Um, because so do i because like you know like i really grew up with like you know like astrology and crystals and karma and chakras and energies and whatever um and that was part of the things that i believed um and uh and like I now have kind of a difficult relationship with my mother. I realized a lot of her beliefs were very appropriative and a lot of them were inappropriate, like telling me that she had powers that she definitely does not have. Right. <laughs> um, what powers? And uh, I, I'm not going to get into it. Okay. All right. Fair, fair. Um, and like, uh, and now I have a lot of like difficult feelings with like, you know, modern witchcraft mm. and, uh, and stuff like that, which is. Something that if you ask like white gay people, fellow white gay people, just to be just to be clear for people who can't see me, <laughs> um, <laughs> like a lot of them feel like they've like you know rediscovered salt or something uh, when they practice witchcraft, and they're just like, I have crystals, I have like a chakra, I like yeah. did a, like a ceremony, I lit a candle, I have an altar, and if you say that you have weird feelings about that when they try to like include you, they think you're a bigot, mm. uh, and they really don't. It really doesn't come to mind like these beliefs are not new and some people have actu- are actually old enough to have been raised with them. Yeah. Right. And that they would have similar sentiments towards like other like ex-members of the faith. Um, and it's actually been quite difficult in like, like especially like, you know, communities that are dominated by like AFAB non-binary people and queer women where these things are extremely popular. And if you don't like them, it's weird. Yeah, I've actually heard that criticism before. Mm. Um, I've, I've a lot of like queer that. people of color too say like it's a white gay phenomenon that it's it's appropriative in in essence because a lot of people are doing this like you're saying without realizing the history or even like the wider context of it. You know, yeah. it's like I know it's not the same, but it's kind of akin to me like hanging a dream catcher up in my bedroom and saying like it's going to mm-hmm. catch bad dreams without even knowing the indigenous context of that. And not even necessarily that, but also just like you know. Um, some of it is kind of arrogant, like believing that you can like tell the truth of a given situation through mm. a certain thing or like divine somebody else's in- like intentions or destiny or whatever. I know that a lot of practitioners of modern witchcraft don't do these things, but some do. Right. Um, mm. And like, and just beyond that, like the whole like, um, the whole pretense of like clearing out energies and like, uh, it's often like linked to a lot of like bodily practices like cleanses that I really don't agree with. And that's what your liver's for. 
Yeah. Like, you're not, there's no juice isn't going to cleanse you. Um, and, like, uh, and a lot of, like, a lot of my fellow white gay people really believe that, like, these things are super radical to do, which, like, no, like, they've been done since, like, at least the 60s among, like, European people, like, please chill. <laughs> please chill. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm also guilty, like, I've read tarot cards, um, and I do it for fun which is also kind of fucked up because that's some people's core belief too um but i also do i was raised with it and it was something my aunts did with me and my mom did and i have a couple of tarot decks and like if it makes you feel better i'm fairly sure that tarot decks are like literally from europe okay yeah so i'm <laughs> doing my home culture here <laughs> it all comes back around oh, i do um, love a tarot card reading do you want do you want me to read your tarot? This reminds me of in Buffy when Willow joined that Wiccan group. Oh my god, not the Wiccan group scene. Oh <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kiwi, can I jog my memory? I don't remember this. So she uh the Wiccan group is talking about like the bake sales. The but that's why she needs Tara. Oh true. Mm, yeah, it's true. And then Willow goes, Well, wait a second, like, aren't we gonna do any spells? And they're like, Yeah, Willow, and then we're gonna jump on our broomsticks and fly away. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this now. It's in the park, right? No. No, no, it's oh. inside, it's, it's at college. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. The park yeah, never mind, continue. Anyway, sorry, that was Buffy Corner. <laughs> I we need more Buffy Corner I and I need to rewatch Buffy now because I am upset with myself. <laughs> So yeah, now with all of that, I'm like kind of defensively rationalist and like secular and like enlightenment. <laughs> defensively rationalist, I like that. Yeah. Um, I like I like your agency over ex Christianity. I'm gonna adopt that for myself as an ex Catholic. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an ex Catholic, like once removed. Like my mom. That doesn't count, <laughs> No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to distance myself from it. Like, my mom was raised very Catholic, and when she had us, was like, there's no way in hell that my kids are going to do that. So, my brother and I are the only ones not baptized in my family, and my grandma would just continually say we were going to burn in hell, and we'd like laugh and like have a chocolate bar. Like, that was my. Right. That was my childhood. And then her eyes went black, and you yes. spat fire at her. Well, I am the spawn of Satan. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was right all along. <laughs> Good old B. I mean, like, something that I still think about is, like, you know, is there a part of me deep down that still believes that God is mad at me for something? Um, and, like, rationally, I do believe personally that, like, if there is a God, um, I don't think that God, they really care about, like, what your sexual conduct is. Mm -hmm. I think they probably care more about, like, whether you are a decent person um, and, like, what you have done to, like, help other people in this life. Um at least I hope that if there is a God that they're like that. Um, but uh, but I, I sometimes have like, you know, flashbacks or like like recalls from like other parts of my brain where like, you know, I, I once said to a partner like, like after we had had sex, like, do you believe that my soul is still pure? Um, and like, I don't know, like I... I I don't know where that came from and I remember being like whoa where did that come from <laughs> but like yeah like it's it's a thing it it carries a lot did you ever go through something like that Tom uh, I still do really yeah wow you I, know what growing up like from a young age like being told that God is real and something to fear mm -hmm. um yeah, it's hard to, like, kick out of your brain, but for sure. Um, I used to bargain a lot with God. Oh, if you do this, 
I'll go to church. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or like, I'll, you know, if you do this for me, then I'll be nice to my brother or something, you know, stupid things like that. Is that not Which part is of like, the course some, some of the time? Like, isn't that what prayer? I don't know. Oh, you don't I, know. I guess so. Right. Um, I think praying to want I don't know that's wrong I feel gross about it yeah okay we don't need to get into it (laughs) no no I mean I I was like a baby communist we're like (laughs) amazing like when I like from like age like 12 to 15 like every time in class I was like that annoying kid who was just like okay but like what happened like if if all this happened during communism how would it have been um Oh, anyway. I did not go through phases nearly as educated when I was young. <laughs> um, <laughs> and nor do I now. Yeah, right. But, like, but, but the point of that anecdote was that, like, what I mostly took to heart was the whole, like, you know, message of Jesus as, like, let go of your ego and your material possessions and your yeah. desire to be, like, important and special and rich. Yeah. And that yeah. was something that I felt really guilty about. That was mostly what I was praying for. Did you feel like being queer made you... Um, Sorry, Jesse's distracting me with Jesse, notes. who let him out of his cage? Listen. Jesse, get the fuck back in your cage, uh, He please. needs more hamster pellet in that cage. Someone needs to do a water refresh, but then he will not leave. And, like, I hate Jesse for a number of reasons. Yeah. But also for him writing secret notes and showing only you. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting, but, like, I just love the That's power great. of it. Like, I'm here too, Jesse. I'm going to cut this, but we're at 30 minutes. That was... That oh, was okay. Um, this time flies by. Never <laughs> mind, you did exactly what thing. I asked you to do. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. How fucking dare he. Oh my God, what was I saying? Um, um, oh yeah, being queer, did you ever feel like... Uh, did you ever read that as a desire to be different and therefore um, like against what God would have wanted? I think not necessarily because like by the time that I had realized that, I definitely believe less in God. Okay. Um, but like... Because, like, when I first, like, acknowledged to myself that I was gay when I was 11, um, my my first instinct was not about religion, and it was not about a higher power. It was really just, like, oh, shit, people are already treating me like garbage. What if they know about this? Wow. Um, like, mm-hmm. if, if a soul knows about this, it will make everything exponentially worse, and I don't know if I can survive this. Mm-hmm. Who was the first person you told? Um the internet amazing um and then my best friend uh and then my wait mom. how on the internet oh people on the internet no like by searching things in google mm. oh okay mm-hmm. yeah um and then i found a website that was that was called young lesbians talking um which is so 90s i love it <laughs> um it was the 2000s by then but they you know You're they like had a 90s vibe and i remember um you can tell that this you can tell that, like, I, I definitely brushed this off at the time, but given that I have perfect recall, it clearly inscribed itself on his, on my brain, um, <laughs> which was just, like, a woman who identified as bi-gender, bisexual, and strongly sexually submissive. Ooh. Um, uh-huh. And she was just like, I can be spanked and receive pleasure, like, none imaginable. And I was just like, what? None imaginable. <laughs> and you're 11? <laughs> no, I was 13 at this okay, point. still. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, um, and I was just like, what does bi-gender mean? That's so cool. I love the internet for that reason. It's so important because how would people have found this shit out before that? You have to talk to someone, right? For sure. Yeah. And like out yourself in order to get this information back or like... I mean, aging myself real quick, but like the internet wasn't around when I was figuring it out. I know. And it says a lot, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Jesse, cut that and kill Elliot. <laughs> I love you, you mud-faced faggot. Holy <laughs> shit. Holy shit. Sorry, I've had a couple glasses of wine. It's getting yeah. aggressive. And oh. I, I, like... I'm turned on. 
um, I think at, at a certain point where, like, most people who I went to high school with knew that I was gay, I was maybe, like, like between the ages of, like, 15 and 17. Mm. So, um, I had one girl who refused to share her locker with me, which was really hilarious. What? Seriously? Yeah. For so that funny. reason? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, my God, I would have... Done. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is not even something you have to answer, because I don't want to make you, like, categorize yourself, but did you have to, like come out as trans and then gay to people or did you like just come out as gay? Oh my god, you misconstrue me, Elliot. Okay. You misconstrue me. Um okay, so like my like development and like 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 my my whole entire like coming of age as a teenager was really that of a cis lesbian. Okay. Um like discovering that I had any kind of gender feelings was really something that like crept onto me when I was like I went to university when I was 17, about to turn 18. Mm. Um, and and that was really, like, the moment where it started, like, creeping in on me. Okay, um, interesting. I did not And uh, at, at the time, if I'm allowed to talk about sex on this podcast... Oh, my God. <laughs> you were at our live <laughs> show. <You> actually, yeah. <laughs> um, I realized that when I had sex with my girlfriend at the time, uh, which was when I was a teenager, really beautiful love story, and I'm so incredibly grateful that that happened for me. Um, I met my girlfriend on the internet when I was 14. We were on the same forum for, like, like a, this really dumb fantasy series where, like, everybody acknowledged that it was dumb, but, like, having a well-maintained forum was rare at the time in the <laughs> mid-2000s. So we just, like, talked about this. something else. Um, it basically attracted a lot of nerds with no friends. So, like, you know. Um, and when I was... I went on that forum from, like, age, like, 12 to, like, age 16. And when I was 13, there was this one girl who, like, talked about her girlfriend when she was... They were both 13. And, of course, their relationship was, like, most 13-year-olds. Like, they watched movies, held hands, like, once. And yeah. They were just like, does she like me? Um, <laughs> Oops, but I was like, having But I had never heard about, like, a teenager having a gay relationship with another teenager before. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and there were 2,000 members on that forum. I was just like, okay, 10% of people on this forum are active. That's 200 people. 10% of people are gay. That's 20 people. Where are the other 18 people? I um, and, uh, and then I um, dated quote quote this girl on the internet uh and then she ghosted me because i said i sent her like this really intense love letter where i said that i loved her and i wanted to kill myself because i was 14 um and uh and then she ghosted me um and then i started talking to her best friend and then that became my girlfriend from like ages like 17 to like 21 that Um, is so cute and uh and then she came to see me when i was 17 and then we got together um, and then I st- stopped giving a shit about what anybody at school s- said about me because I was just like, why would I fucking care about that? I have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, like when I, I had my first sexual experiences with her um, and, and I discovered that actually like um, I didn't really feel like a woman when I was having sex. Um, and I was just like, oh, this definitely feels like something else. What could possibly be causing this? And then there we are. Wow, yeah. that's so interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. It's the wine. <laughs> it's the wine. Listen, Dickwick, it's the up. wine. <laughs> Is that a thing that we should what? say? What? No, you're right. Dickwick colon, it's the wine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to encourage yeah. alcoholism among the LGBTQ plus community. True. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. True. This is not intoxication culture. No, but, but I thought you were... Uh, ne- never mind. Go on. No, continue. No, just I was gonna make a colon joke, but I lost. Oh. I lost <laughs> the uh, momentum for it. Go That's, ahead. I'm sorry. 
feel like you took one look at me and how depressing I, mean, the I thing look. is that like if you pass from a rectum joke to a colon joke you really have problems <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to find a joke in that joke and now i'm done and i can't passing you're a wreck dumb rectum damn near killed him um uh fuck what was i gonna say oh yeah we don't um encourage intoxication we just welcome if you would like to get intoxicated that that is my one thing correct um yeah yeah i'm i'm weeping that's so beautiful (laughs) i'm just like so profound It's it's hard for most people to be in a room when i'm talking Right. Yeah, I, I nearly had a heart attack when I first sat in a seminar with you. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. I noticed. <laughs> um, but I'd, we're like fucking Jesse's policing our time here. Jesse, um, put your badge away. But before before we wrap this up, I really want to talk about um, what it's been like dating in Toronto for you. <sighs> um, so it, it's been kind of odd. Like, um, I've only had counting the current one three relationships in my life um and uh and even like i think a grand total of like like four to five people that i've slept with depending on the metric um and like uh i had a relationship with a woman in montreal but once i arrived here i had to like i was kind of interested in seeing like you know do my i don't i don't think i feel comfortable dating a cis woman um I think I feel mostly comfortable dating other trans people. Mm. Um, and I wanted to see, like, am I compatible with another AFAB non-binary person? Because I was kind of curious, like, what happens if we have, like, kind of the same, like, gender-ish situation? Like, do we mesh? And the answer, surprisingly, has been kind of no. Mm. Um, and, like, like that just didn't spark, really. And I went about, like, 35 dates in about two weeks because I was dealing with being rejected from the PhD program. And then I met my girlfriend, um... She's cute. And then I spent about 45 minutes waiting if I could ask to kiss her because I was too shy. And we listened to Sufjan uh, Stevens instead. Oh, oh my God. That's the sweetest thing I I've almost had heard. a feeling. It like glimmered and then died again. <laughs> Mud got poured on your fire. Um, but I was unexpectedly popular, I think, because like a lot of the impression that I like push forward is like, cool, gay, who has it together? And I'm just like, no, like my main skill is like opening the microwave like a second before it dings. And like I have zero <laughs> self-esteem because I was bullied like all of my schooling. Um, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah, I you came off to me as like. I was so intimidated to even talk to you because you're so I well-spoken. So well-spoken and intelligent. Everything out of your mouth, I was like, okay, um, Elliot, you need to step it up right now in the best way possible. It was inspiring. Um, so don't sell yourself short. I'm I'm also good at opening the microwave a second before, <laughs> and I've recently realized you just microwave it for like a few minutes longer so it never dings. Do you know what I mean? Just no. stand there and watch well, you're, it. You're just cheating. Yeah, well, no, that's, it's not um, a real skill if you do that. Can, so you just I, took away my one thing. That so I have. I have a confession, microwave confession. What? I will never open the microwave up before it dings because I have this irrational fear of radiation. That's not irrational. And I'm worried about about it. the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm worried that like I'm gonna get too much radiation by opening that door before it tells me to open the door. I'm not sure the opening matters. And my brother had a microwave once that they got secondhand. And when you first hit on, uh, you would see a little spark behind your eyes and your brain felt really weird. They would, they had a broom that they would stand from across the room and hit start on their microwave. I told that to a doctor once and she laughed at me because she was like, um, do you know how much radio, like, do you know the difference? Like if you get on an airplane, like, oh shit, that's so true. And I was like, oh right. Okay. 
I'm good. Yikes. <laughs> Doesn't make it great. No. In my conspiracy days, like I read the like inquiry that, that the Soviet Union did into microwaves when they were first developed and how they like banned or attempted to ban microwaves in the Soviet Union because of the levels of radiation. See, I think if you met my mom, she would just like disown me and then adopt you. <laughs> Listen. <sighs> Let's try it. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't have a cell phone until age 21 because my mom is really afraid of radiation. So, oh. like, yeah, that resonates with me as well. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, my mom told us to listen to, like, use cell phones with headphones on. Like, I still oh, am wow, afraid to yeah. make calls, like, up to my head because then the radiation goes through your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This oh, is right. the radiation didn't they try corner. I had to link that to brain cancer. They did link it, in fact. Oh, it's they definitive, did. yeah. <laughs> literally. I'm going to need receipts on that, but okay. Yeah. It's true. No, it's true. And laptops, too. If you use laptops on your lap, um, the radiation from the receiving transmitting function. uh, Okay, so I'm going to be the resident rationalist here, and I'm going to say that I'm going to read that study first. Please. Yes, please. I'm going to fact check. And by fact check, I mean find my dark web conspiracy theory As usual, I hate when you say anything. The only time when I went on those, and I'm sorry for the TMI, was when I did a throwback uh, to being a child because at the time I worked in a primary school um, and I got pinworms. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, from working in a primary school? Yeah, because kids are gross. They scratch their butts and then they touch things. Yikes. And then you touch things. And, and then so you, you bite- to go on the dark web to find out about pinworms? Well, it's just that, like, they weren't, like, I was, like, paranoid. Mm. And, like, and then I learned, like, then there was, I discovered that there's actually, like, this community of people who believe they chronically have pinworms, which, like, they actually probably have OCD. Their pinworms are probably long gone, but they still have, like, the itching and the weirdness. Oh, Hashtag afflicted. Skin um, crawl. And, like, have, like, all kinds of, like, conspiracy theory style remedies. Um, but that was a dark time in my life, and I'm not going to return to it. You don't have to. I don't know what pinworms are. Okay, pinworms are a very common parasite um, that basically live in your gut. Um, and then at night, oh, this is horrifying, and I'm relishing telling you, um, <laughs> they come up to your anus. They lay eggs around your anus uh, with a little substance that makes it super itchy. Oh my god, no. Yes. And then you wake up in the morning, or you can't sleep because it's too itchy. Um, and then you scratch your butt because it's itchy. And then you have little eggs on your nails. Oh my god. And then god. you put your fingers in your mouth. Yeah. And then you swallow them, and then the cycle continues. Oh. Yeah. And if you put milk near your god. anus. No, you Elliot, don't. I'm not joking. Whatever you're going to say, Someone don't. In my family or you can this. shove a piece of garlic up your ass. Yeah. But the milk lures them out because they're attracted to the dairy and they like poke out of your anus. Don't and you can, like, stop. I've asked you to stop talking already <laughs> twice. This, that, is this is very upsetting. I'm really sorry, listeners. Really I happy this took I'm gonna, I think I'm going to leave. Jesse, take this microphone. <laughs> Jesse has pinworms all over his hands. But yeah. Because of how, how like low immune system kids are and how they put their fingers like everywhere. If you work in a primary school, it's very easy to get lice, pinworms, other types of parasites. It's great. I so highly recommend I, and working with like, children. Always work in a primary school, so this yeah. is not good news for me. Get away from me. <laughs> Imagine microwaves in that room too. Quarantom you. Thanks. Um, that okay. Was rough. Jesse, how's our time? Do we have to? Okay. Oh, he says bad. Okay, let's um, wrap this up. Can we do a cute a quote? Quote. Can we quote on you? So our quoting round is where. Excuse me, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Quote is the penile version I- of queef. 
What? Yeah, so a quaff like is when air escapes um, the urethra, which usually happens. Okay, when... I'm sorry. I have shared, I have like sucked my fair share of girl dicks out here, yeah. and I have never witnessed this in my life. It's mostly mm-hmm. when people are sounding. So when they put the metal oh. rod, I learned this on the podcast, and I say it like I've known it forever. I learned this like a week ago. Um, oh, but, you're yeah. a faker, Elliot. Oh, I'm a faker. <laughs> is it okay if I talk about being a faker though? Does it make it less <laughs> fake? No, it makes it more real. Good job. Okay, Thank you. Um, can I just say in this podcast that I have, I had a stroke of genius that was appreciated by no one which is uh my gender trouble master plan which is step one um masturbate using a fleshlight and a strap-on together without touching yourself and then write an essay about what it means and then seduce judith butler oh my god that's perfect that's perfect i just want to put that out there. i think you need to do that and once the essay is like being written or pre-writing you should come and like share share your views on that and how it went Oh my god, is this how I get an in on your second podcast? Great. Amazing. <laughs> <Some> fucking lootly. <laughs> hey, are you ready to be quoffed at? Mm-hmm. Um, so, we run the clock for a minute. You have a minute to answer these as much as you can. Okay. Some of them are open-ended, uh, and basically anything counts as an answer. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Tom, go first. Okay. Who's your first TV crush? Oh my god, that's so much pressure. Okay, Jesse. No, actually, cu- <laughs> stop, stop it. the time. Skip it. Yeah. Stop the okay. time. Stop the time and give I me want, a second I want to, the think answer. Out, to think about this. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Um, time stopping so Oh quick. my god. Oh my god, it was Natalie Portman. Um, oh, hot. Okay, so there's this scene Star Wars? In, in like the Star Wars prequels uh, that I was not allowed to watch at the time, but when my dad went to choose a sofa at the brick, they had like they had mostly fake TVs, but they had one TV that worked, and it was playing the Star Wars prequel where she gets like where Natalie Portman gets like um, like scratched by a monster while they're in the arena fighting for their lives. Yes. And then I rewatched the prequels recently, and then I saw this moment again. And it all came flooding back to me, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is why I'm gay, and I want BDSM." <laughs> I. But, well, that answer's perfect. That's perfect, yeah. This podcast is <laughs> yeah. done. Like, Padme, you've done it again. Um, shut up, Tom. We're going to keep going. Nutrients or nude riots? Nutrients. Plastic straws or plastic surgery? Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, no. This this is... Okay. This is lesbian unfriendly. <laughs> Please explain. As, as an ecologist, I cannot condone plastic straws. Uh-huh. As a feminist, I cannot condone plastic surgery. We trap That's an them. answer. We trap That's an them. answer in itself. Um, uh, brains or beauty? Brains. Vigilante or an anti-vigil? Vigilante. Cottage cheese or cottage industry? Oh, I'm a vegan. <laughs> cottage industry. <laughs> flat earth or round earth? Hmm. Um, slightly flattened earth. Just slightly smooshed. <laughs> Shark attack or bear attack? Bear attack. More an, chances of surviving. If you're an animal, what animal would you be? Um, I of course, like most people, I want to say cat, but I'm like extremely needy, so no. Um, <laughs> I would probably be like a pig. Queens Park or a park full of queens? Park full of queens? Hip hop or flip flop? Hip hop. Man, oh, did you know that if you call the city, they give you this like little answering machine and you get to press numbers for what genre of music you want. It's like press one for classical, press two for hip hop, like press three for something else. That's and so I'm inclusive. Just like, it is so inclusive. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, is this diversity? It's queer. Um, listen, Manitoba or Manitoga's? Manitoba. Exposés or sex with rosé? 
Sex with Rose. Hall or hell? U Hall for lesbians. <laughs> What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. Waspy brunch or Quasimodo without a hunch? Waspy brunch. I want them only if they're paying. <laughs> We've got to be at a minute. This is like Jesse. Like multiple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most informative quoting around, though, we learned as we quoted. So, Keith, another thing that we just quickly have to do if you would cast your gaze. Cats, your gaze. Cats, your gaze. Cats, my gaze. <laughs> Thank um, you. That excellent. was elevated. <laughs> to your um, 10 o'clock and. Um, Tell us, what is Pamela giving you today? Okay, so Pamela is wearing, like, a K-way with a lot of primary colors, um, which is extremely 90s. It reminds me of this beautiful gay show that I watched on Netflix, which is called Everything Sucks, that got canceled because Netflix hates gay people. Um, That has the only, like, teenage gay storyline that I have ever related with, which includes everything from kissing a girl to eating the bathroom and everybody hating you. Um, we need those. We need more stories like I that. I need to watch the show. Yeah, yeah, no, you really do. Yeah. Um, so she's wearing like this primary color K-way, and then she has this like like fake leather black backpack with snacks on it, which is very like 2006, 2015, like teenage girl kind of vibe, mm-hmm. who's like possibly wearing this K-way because she got it in like a thrift shop. Um, and she's also wearing a pashmina, which is like kind of throwing me off because it's a bit 2007. Um, <laughs> and like, and she's wearing a ribbon on her head. And I'm like, this kind of looks like it's trying too hard a little bit. Um, Come for it. So Pamela. like, I'm going for like two, like a teenage girl, maybe like 16, 17. It's about 2014, 2015. Um, she's trying to like imitate kind of like a '90s vibe with like some of the stuff that she's found at the thrift store, but it's not really coming together. Um, but like, I respect her nonetheless. <laughs> that was perfect. She's horrified by that. Listen, uh, that was yeah. that was spot on. Thank you for that. <laughs> okay, we have to wrap this up with a nice old silver lining. Silver lining. Um, <laughs> as usual, I'm a greedy faggot. I have two of them. One is that I went to the annual Cabbage Town festival which is like local vendors do their art and sell it and like foods and it was so cute but the second perhaps more important one to me was i watched thelma and louise yesterday and the first time i saw that i was young and i don't think i fully grasped like the importance of the film this time when i watched it i was just completely undone by how powerful it was and i sobbed for uh way too long afterwards but mm, God, I do love that. It was upon my recommendation. I think it was upon that. your recommendation. Movies. That movie's so fucking it. good. Listeners, if you haven't seen it recently, go back and watch Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. Like I, they just unreal. Oh my God. I know. Ugh. Keith, do you have one? Yeah. Um, right. I know that Elliot has seen it, but uh, I was walking <laughs> down my neighborhood when I was extremely stoned, uh, and my neighbor had this beautiful cat. Um, and I was just like, oh my God, can I please take a picture of your cat? And they were just like, yes, her name is Lucy. She's a ragdoll, which is a really rare breed of cat. And then he started like, like parading about how much he knew about ragdolls. And I was just like, oh, like trying to be like super polite. Um, I actually just handed in my master's thesis, which is about like pedigree cats. Just trying to be like, I know. Yeah. You Um, need to go into this. And then I took pictures of this absolutely beautiful, gorgeous cat. And he had to like hold her, and he was just like, "I'm sorry, she's an indoor cat." <laughs> it was beautiful, and I, I I'm still processing this experience. Um, do, can you plug 
your Instagram if you want to. Yes, it's Magpies Key all stuck together. Amazing. Because I- Magpies, they steal shiny things, including keys. It's one of the. <laughs> if you're wondering where your keys went and you have no explanation, it might be a Magpie. Interesting. Most informative guest, Thomas. Um, we got a cute messenger from a listener. Yes. That really picked me up the other day. I was kind of feeling down and fatigued. And uh, Christy Schneider from, I believe, um, Pennsylvania. I believe. Wrote us. Uh, hey, Tom and Elliot, this week you were joking about all the Canadian references in the podcast. As a non-Canadian, I enjoy the local references and discussion of diversity in Canada. Your guest from Newfoundland, your recent Canadian Vietnamese guest and others. I'm crying. I recently saw this article and I had some pics of some of the places you mentioned, like Glad Day Bookshop and Hanlon's Point, etc. Especially during this time in the U.S., I like hearing about the places and politics of our queer neighbors to the north and your travels to Asia and even Texas. Go Maple Leaves. The cutest. Yeah. This is posted right on our Do You Queer What I Queer Page. Uh, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Okay, thank you so much. I have been like low key mad that you didn't invite me on your podcast earlier. Um, <laughs> You're allowed to be high key mad with me. I would have yeah. totally appreciated <laughs> okay. that. Well, I'm happy it's finally happened, and this will not be the first time I that I appreciate our your emotion around it. As you know, I like heightened emotion for everything. A fellow thespian. Thespian <laughs> corner. Um, okay, and uh, so you need to. You don't need to, but we would love if you subscribed, <laughs> rated, no, no, you reviewed. Need to. You need to. No, subscribe, we're not militant. Just joking. Rate, review. Email us. Uh, do you queer what I queer at gmail.com. Facebook, do you queer what I queer. Instagram, dickwick. Twitter, dickwick. Patreon, if you're feeling a little bit like a patron of this art form. Uh, and I guess, bye. Bye. See you next Tuesday. Bye. No, one, two, ready, go. Yes.